The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball. I don't like it. I want to be up there in Group A. I don't care who we get. We should be up there competed against them. But, you know, as you said, we're going to win that group and then get promoted, hopefully. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB's The Hurling Pod. With Board Gosh Energy. Hurling. It's anyone's game. Welcome along to the Wednesday bonus episode of the Hurling Pod. Hurling, it's Ali One's game. Off the ball, teaming up with the Senior Hurling Championship sponsors, Borgosh Energy. We're uncovering stories highlighting the positive impact that hurling is having on people's lives. For the full competition details, some great prizes to be won, check out borgoshenergy.ie forward slash home forward slash BGE dash GAA. On the bonus episode this week, Paul Murphy, James Skehill answering your questions which came in on the Instagram stories and on Twitter during the week. Plenty to get through. Have a listen. Evan O'Hearn, I'll give you this one first, Murph. Was it a mistake to start Robbie O'Flynn? Got the goal, but now has another injury. No, uh, I, I would say in, this, in these circumstances, if there's a doubt over a person starting, don't bring him on because start, let's say you start James Gale for Cork over the weekend, you bring on Robbie O'Flynn who has an injury, Robbie O'Flynn then, his injury flares up and you take him off, you've now wasted the soul. Start him. And he had a great impact on the game. And then what did you do? You bring on Kingston, who is the ideal man to bring on. Uh, and Cork kicked on. So it actually worked out quite, like, okay, relative terms, it worked out quite well for them. Obviously, it's not ideal for Robbie Flynn to pick up another injury. But if he's fit, you have to play him. Uh, again, we're speaking of with Wexford, Conor McDonald. Was he fit? Wasn't he fit? If if Patrine is looking at Robbie Flynn going, is he fit or isn't he fit? If he is fit, you have to play him. He's in the top six in Cork, without doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you saw what he brought to the table as well, which is great for a fellow coming back from injury as well, that, you know, he would go on at teams and so on, and but grand, okay, he picked up an injury, but he has the, the bit between the teeth and he's going at teams, so it's brilliant. It's brilliant for them, but in, in any case, I think if for some reason you have a, a, an idea in the head to play a player and you think there might be an injury, well, you may start him because it's better to take a fellow off after 30 minutes than bring him on after, and he could pull his hamstring after five minutes and you have to take him off and that's a sub wasted. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look here. This is a good one from John Hendrick, 96 Gal. What would be considered a good year for Dublin? Um, I think we, that we we spoke about that a couple of months ago and we said if, I don't think a Leinster final is realistic for Dublin. Um, maybe now if you ask them, they'll, they'll, they'll give you a different answer than that. I think for a successful year, if they come out of the group, enter into the All-Ireland series, and if they compete well to get into like, you know, we're talking about quarterfinals or whatnot, that's that's not bad. That's, that's not bad for, for especially for a new management and outside management, a turnover of players. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say, exit, get out, get out in third, uh, see can you win a, win a quarter final. And after that, then everything is huge bonus. If you ask me, hmm. uh, Shane twenty two F. I'll answer this one. Are Tip conceding too many goals? Yes, and they're going to have to fix that <laughs> if they're uh, going to do well further down the track. Uh, <laughs> Connor McDonald seven. This one could be a few Murph. Who is Cork's best forward? Oh, well, sure, you have to say Declan Dalton, I suppose, at the moment. Um, just in terms of just in terms of the league he had, you know, he, he seemed quite potent, quite dangerous. He seems to be a confidence player as well. Um, you know, when he's when he kind of gets his back up, he he seems to be like, you know, he, he was popping over freeze there at the weekend. Well, I say popping over, he's striking him from distance, but he got the crowd going. You know, he's a confidence player. And Cork, Cork, anytime they have that player in their forward line, 
seem to start going. Like you go back and you look at like the likes of Niall McCarthy. Declan Dalton kind of reminds me a bit like him. Like there's a bit of divilment in him. There's a bit of a streak in him there, you know, where he builds on confidence. He gets the crowd going. He's a bit audacious at times and different things, but he gets the scores, you know. So I would say at the moment, Declan Dalton. But like if you look at like if Lehan got traction and got form, he's a, he's a brilliant player. Seamus Harnady over the weekend, in fairness, started getting onto balls again. Harnady is a top class player and um, is without doubt capable of being one of the best in the country probably is anyway like but capable of being in the top six in the country Horgan we know we know we get from Horgan maybe Horgan okay is 34 this year again you can't be expecting him forward um Robbie O'Flynn without injury probably Robbie O'Flynn but at the moment I'd have to say Declan Dalton is is the main man for Cork at the moment Skell who would you pick I hate to say I agree with Murphy I know. <laughs> Jesus, I was trying to think of. But sure, if the answer's right, Will, he has to agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm here so to try I, and stir and get a bit of a debate going. Yeah, it goes back. I remember watching Dalton under twenty, um, or it was a twenty-one, maybe even at the time. I can't remember, but he was impressive back then. Yeah, and he's kind of a hybrid as well, goalkeeper and, and a forward. But then he's been in and out, get a couple of league games, never got much traction. Then I saw him in Salt Hill in the league game versus Galway, and I said, "Jesus, yeah, this is the real deal." So like, um, he's an influential player. Um, Great for Cork that we have a guy of, of that standing that's, that's able to run down the defence like on either wing. If you consider Robbie Flynn on one side, Declan Dunn on the other side, two lads, their goals are similar, if you know what I mean, in the way they, they attack them. So, yeah, he's he's a, he's a big player, big unit, and, and can move quick for his size. So he's important for Cork. And um, Murphy's dead right, like in the sense that you, big teams have these players that they get behind. You know, so like everyone, Limerick, they love Hegarty. Like I used to always say it about John Gardner for Cork. Um, as an opposition, you hate him, but you'd love to have him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Simple yeah, as that. Yeah. Like, you know, I hated Old Ol- Larkin. Like, I hated him. <laughs> I hated him. The look of him, everything, right? Yeah. I'd love he's on my team. I'd love he's on my team. Honestly. That was Larks, uh, yeah. I'd love he's in my team. And like, I think Dalton has potential to be that kind of person. You know, yeah. said divilment, which is a very yeah. nice way of putting it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. You know, there's, a bit of a, there's a bit of grunt in him. Like, so that's important for Cork going forward. Like, when, when the day comes where they have to mix it, you know, you need, you need to like Dalton to do to be there for you so and even to be fair to him as well you look at the weekend the last line ball it was him that actually went fighting the Tipperary boys to try and turn that over Uh, and he he came out with one or two balls inside his own 21 to you know chasing us down getting a hook and a block so it'd be one thing as I'd say you could name you you could look at a few forwards out there that they're finishers and they finished and all this but Similar enough, I'll give it to you about Larkin. Like, you know, Larkin was a fellow who went back and would track lads and hound. It was his work rate he was there for as much as Anton. But I think, like, you know, you could look at Dalton at the weekend. If Dalton just popped up at scores, you'd go, grand, okay, he's a forward out now. But what does he do when they don't have the ball? Well, he showed us over the weekend what he does when they don't have the ball. And he was really involved right up to the end, pushing Cork the whole way to get over the line. And that line ball at the end where it was him again that was there, I was like, I was looking at that going, that's a, that's a fair trait in a player. And it's a sign of a player as well who's playing with a fair bit of belief. It's not just a kind of a, a little bit of a spurt he's going through. It's belief. Yeah. It's it's a bit of like, the devilment to go on. I'm going to get stuck in here and get a belt on a few lads there as well. You know, I think I'd put it this way. Dalton, if he was put in the same position in a tip jersey for facing himself coming through in the goal, I think he would have went out and shouldered himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as in, he wouldn't allow a player to do that. So yeah. maybe something Cork have been lacking over a few years. We, we said it, and I think a few Cork lads came out and said, nice stick men, but is there... Is there that cut to him? Dalton seems to have that cut to him. Hmm. Well, Scal, that brings around nicely when you talk about you know players that you you kind of didn't like on other teams that you would love to have had them. Uh, this one coming in from RN80. Who is the one hurling legend, not from your own county, that you would have loved to have played alongside? 
I uh, actually a bit of a strange one. I'd love to have played beside Jan Shannon. Okay. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Murph? What's wrong with that? I just love, I love, like, you put loads of thought into stuff. And, like, Dan Shannon, hurler, farmer hurler of the year, I've met him a few times, fucking great fella. But I just, I love the two, the picture of the 2E playing beside each other is very entertaining in my head. So go on. Yeah, if in doubt, just fire it down to Dan. Just fire it down to Dan. And when he starts grabbing the jersey, I grab my jersey back at him then and say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a virtual, yeah, yeah. A virtual fist pump. Uh, no, I, 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 like, I love watching him. Um, obviously, he's 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 a few years older than I am. Obviously, but loved watching him as a player for in, in that that good Waterford team. Remember the, the team of like oh three or oh, four mm-hmm. that that, that mm-hmm. generation that time. You know, he was yeah. he was classing him to get the opportunity to play against him. You know, speak to him. Lo- lovely as as you said, more lovely man. Uh, just like to play with him. I just think he he would have been deadly on the pitch as we know, and off the pitch probably a bit of crack too. So yeah, <laughs> I would go with him. Who would you pick, Murph? Me, uh, me. Yeah, well, uh, oh. <laughs> um, oh, Owen Kelly, definitely. I would like to like Owen Kelly is a stone's throw away from my club. Let's say Mullinhorn wouldn't be far from from Dan's Fort. Uh, he would have been school in Kieran's College as well. But like we played, we played um, Mullinhorn last year in a challenge match, and Owen Kelly was full forward, a corner forward, or whatever. But I was saying to lads, I was like, lads, don't let him away. And like you know, granted, Owen Kelly. Put, I don't know, is he 39, 40 at this yeah. stage, not to be picking his age, but um, there was a few things like, you know, if there were short ones on, if there was crafty ones on, he was going for it. But at one stage, he broke his hurl. Now, he broke it lengthways. So he had half a hurl, but it was the full length and uh, broke it, blocking it. And the ball popped up and he got the ball, soloed it on the hurl as if he had a full boss. He had half a boss at this stage, soloed it, had a look around. And lads kind of stopped as if to say, well, he's hardly going to strike it. He's half a boss. Struck a perfectly good 30 yard pass with half a pass. And lads were like, Jeez, did you see him do that? I was like, that's that's like that's Owen Kelly. Like he's in in fairness, if they were picking a team at the Millennium tomorrow, he's in the conversation. Like, you he's know. Like, but it's just the thing, you don't lose that. Like, you know, those players. No. Another player as well, I'd say, is Ken McGrath as a defender. Like mm. uh Ken McGrath was just one of these lads, like I was lucky enough to play with Tommy, like real inspirational type of player and Jackie, like inspiration. Like, I don't think there was more inspirational player in his day than the likes of Ken McGrath. So um um, but I like those players as well when I was playing with them. Like, I know Skelly was saying before, the lad who you thought was a bollocks or whatever, but those players, you know, I even admired them when I was playing with them or against them. Like, or I never played with them, but against them. Kelly uh, Yeah. 91 8 Skelly. I'll give you a first shout on this. Should the Leinster finally be played in Portlaoise or Tullamore this year to ensure there'd be a better atmosphere than Crow Park? Yeah, I was just saying to you while ago, um, we played obviously Dublin in the minors there this day last week. Uh, in, in Tullamore, excuse me. And like everything about the venue is impressive, if you ask me. Like just the the route in, um, you can fit a nice, a decent, a nice, nice crowd. Uh, pitch is immaculate. Dressing rooms are nice. So I and it will facilitate both teams. So I think if if in the events that go, we can you do square off. I think Tullamore is not a bad shout at all. Because looking at the game uh, with Dublin and Westford, there was nine thousand, like just over ten percent of capacity of the stadium, and it looked like there was. 20 people at it, you know what I mean? It provides no atmosphere for neither the crowd nor the players because I know players feed off the crowd. Like, I, I there's certain games that still are vivid in my memory of having, you know, obviously Ireland finals and whatnot, but let's say lesser games um, where the crowd got, got active, got involved in the game and it spurred the teams on to, to produce an even better spectacle. So that's hugely important because what happens is you hate to be a player to hear silence. You know, there's nothing... Nothing momentous about that. There's no sense of occasion or whatnot. So I think that's not a bad shout. Now, will it happen? Unlikely. <laughs> probably probably unlikely, yeah. But I think it's a great shout. I think it's, it's, it should definitely be considered. And uh, look, Anthem, Anthem 2 up, upgrade a spectacle should be done. Logical decision. But again, we're talking about the GEA, so 
Logic just come into it every now and then. What do you reckon, Murph? No, I'd agree, yeah. Um, I think back to some of the matches that, look, call it spade, spade. We're not going to hit huge numbers for a Leinster final either way, it, but it'd be big numbers for uh, uh, provincial ground, you know, for, for a county ground. Um, if I think back as far as, like, Skell, when we played G in 2014, the two games up in Tullamore, Tullamore. Like, what, what capacity is that, Will? Like, what's, what's uh, I think at the time it was about 18,000. It's still yeah, around so, about that now, yeah. I think we, we, we probably had about that. We probably had about 16, yeah. even if it was 14 or 15,000. Yeah. The atmosphere of those games were, were, were brilliant. Were yeah. absolutely brilliant because you felt like the crowd is nearly in on top of you. Um, and that's kind of what you want. You know, if you want those small games, you go back and you think of when we played Tipperary in Kilkenny in 2013, I mean, again, you're talking 22,000 at that. Enormous, enormous atmosphere. But all those all those numbers get lost in Crow Park, unfortunately. Look, every player wants to play there. And if Crow Park is available, players will take your hand off. Absolutely. Um, but I wouldn't see anything against it. I think you'd, I think you'd be buying such an atmosphere if you went to, uh, right. if you went to a county ground. Murph, do you remember in that game, I may have the order incorrect here now, but Shefflin got a pint under the stand off his left. Time was up, remember? Uh, what? Which, which year? 2014. Sorry, excuse me. In the in the drawn game, and then Canning jumped mm. and got the equaliser. Yeah. Have I the order correct? There, I have. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that, that that kind of spectacle with with the, with a, a, a nice sized crowd in a tight spot, like they told him more. Let's say where it's seven or eighteen thousand. That that felt like there was eighty at it. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. You, you'd say it felt like there was eighty, and that's what that's the kind of like production you can get from from going to these type of grounds. So I think there's yeah definitely food for thought there as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, to say as well, look, I mean, I know we're probably getting outside of the the realms of it, but like bringing those numbers to a county ground, like bringing the fuck the business, like to, is is not to be sniffed at either. Like you know yeah. that you're bringing a big group of you know twenty thousand here or there, like that's not to be sniffed at either. Like you know again, which a number would be lost in Dublin, people wouldn't stay up and so on. But you know you might bring a bit of business to towns as well. I know we're probably stepping outside of our, our remit there, but. Not to be, not to be. I know. You know. I think Iron Cost Living comes into it as well, lads. I mean, that was mm-hmm. talked about last year with the Galway Kilkenny crowd at the final, where very difficult accommodation in Dublin currently, and it's expensive to go up and down to the city. And that will be probably a conversation or a thought for some people. While if it was a case if they were going to Port Leash or they're going to Tullamore, it's very much a halfway final. If it's Kilkenny against Galway, we'll see if Dublin gets to the final. But either way, you know, it's probably easier to get in access wise. Easier if you want to get accommodation and make a weekend out of it if you're going to one of those towns as well. So generally, I, th- I think there's a strong conversation to be had around it. But obviously, Leinster Council have their agreements around Crow Park. So uh, mm. we might well be just speculating on something that can't happen. The very serious one that I wanted to bring up, Skell, and this was talked about in the Sunday game last night, because there's, <clears> there's been a series of head hits with tackles in recent weeks. We talked about Seamus Flanagan a few weeks ago. Um, obviously, there's a lot of discussion about Ronan Marr, uh, Keelan Kiley. Uh, took a very heavy hit in the Offaly against Kerry game yesterday, which removed his helmet as well. Do we get to a point where referees are going to have to be quite strict on these incidents? Because there's probably a duty of care to the players here from taking very heavy head blows. I think, yeah, there's, there's a couple of people that have to uh, have to take note. So first of all, I'd say the referees, yeah. And, and again, we always say it on this podcast, it's terribly difficult for the referees to make an in-game live decision for something that they might have actually missed. We have the benefit of replays, so putting all the focus or the onus on the referee to make the call that we get the chance to see five or six times is not quite fair. For me, the GEA have to seriously act. So, retrospective bans. You know what I mean? In fairness, Flanagan should have been sent off for his hit on Bennett. You know, Ronan should have been sent off uh, on Saturday. And, you know, if you introduce retrospective bans and you actually stick with it and you are, you know, across the board, it's, it's a zero tolerance. You know, 
it's uh, it's going to catch on and players will catch that. Do you know what I mean? Like having played rugby, I can tell you the onus is always on you. You're the one tackling, right? So the onus is it's you, the, the tackler, okay? So if you make a bad hit, rugby has an absolute zero tolerance for anything to do with the hit. Whether it be an elbow to the head, a tackler shoulder, you name it, right? You're getting a red card. And that's it, you're gone, right? Even if you try to peel it, you know, it's not going to get, you're not, you're not going to be successful because what they do is they say rugby players, you know, they've obviously there's no mitigation whatsoever, especially in hurling. So, has to happen as because I don't know I've 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 had concussions. It's not nice. You're talking about you're talking about brain damage. You know what I mean? And if we're if we're introducing those words brain damage into our sport, you know we need to eradicate them immediately. And like the, the biggest course of brain damage you can get in this sport is a head on shoulder hit that is uh is not a good challenge at all. So everyone has to act as far as I'm concerned. Uh, players alike, there's no like don't get me wrong. I've done bad challenges myself. I've received bad challenges. However, the GA has to start. It needs to be a management directive down from the top where they retros- retrospectively ban these players because someday, hopefully, never comes, but someday someone's going to get seriously hurt with these type of challenges, and that's what we don't want. Yeah, like Murph, when we were watching Cork and Tip, your first reaction was that there'd been a red card in the rugby for the tackle on Connor Murray, which put his head in danger, which was a straight red card. And obviously, rugby has moved in that direction. I don't maybe hurling will start to go that direction too. Yeah, I think so. And it's just prioritizing players' health and, and the fact that the head is such an important, I mean, it sounds like a stupid statement, but such an important area to protect. Um, and it was exactly that, like, you know, watching Munster in Glasgow at the weekend, uh, like that shoulder to Conor Murray's head wasn't even as blatant as what happened to Darrell Fitzgibbon, you know, as in his neck was involved in that as well. Like, so if he didn't sustain a head injury, he could have sustained a serious neck injury. And it's not a case that you're looking out here to, to cast out players as pariahs or anything. It's just to get it into players' heads that the onus is on you not to hit someone in the head. And then there may be mitigating factors whereby it, particularly in hurling, let's say if Fitzgibbon was going on to raise the ball, didn't get it first time, it shouldn't be Fitzgibbon's fault though that it gets clattered then because he went for a second rise. It should be the onus is on the player coming in to tackle to say, and we all know it, if I'm running in the player, I'm thinking to him, am I going to stop before I get to him or am I going to hit him his shoulder because X, Y and Z is in the equation here? Well, we need to get it into the equation that players, if they're running at him, okay, well, I'm the player here with the momentum, I can cause injury here. And there's potential I'm going to get a red card if I if I don't land my tackle properly. Well, now you're putting the thought in the player's head that, well, you can't have any complaints, even if you didn't mean it. You can't have any complaints if you're after hitting a fella in the head, you roll the dice by going out and trying to shoulder a fella square on. He changed his body position, but you weren't in control of yourself and you hit him in the head because we will go down the route. Like, we don't have respect for the head at the moment in, in Hurling. Um, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous to do it, uh, to, to go down that road. And all we're doing, it's just a ticking time bomb in terms of eventually it's become a conversation where we know what we know now. All we have to do is look at rugby. They respect that tackle. And you see players in rugby getting red cards and not arguing. Now, I know it's a culture in rugby where they don't argue, but they don't argue because they know, all right, I was either deliberate or I went in with good intentions, but I was reckless in how I did it and I'm getting a red card. And I think if we bring that in, then play the culture in hurling becomes yeah, we're going to go in for fair tackles, but only when I know I can do a fair tackle. Not, I can recklessly go in here and I know the referee's going to give me a yellow. Because what is, like, what's the, what's what gets a red card in hurling at the moment for a high tackle? Like, I mean, what's the precedence for it? I don't know what the precedence is. And I don't know, particularly at the game of the weekend, I didn't know what was going to get a yellow or a red or anything. 
So we're very loose in terms of what even we, we, we qualify anymore for a red card. I mean, for a high tackle, you know. Mm. Skell, as a former player, this isn't a case of us getting soft as hurling people, is it? Because um, that will be the accusation here, which will be people love to see big hits. People love to see, you know, lads going in to actually leave a mark on someone when they're going in for a tackle. There is a line between that and actual safety, isn't there? Well, there's, there's, there's certainly a line. And like, as a player now, again, I didn't have the opportunity too much as a, as a goalie. But you know when you're going into a tackle, right? Okay, I'm going to meet him on the shoulder here. You, you kind of know if he's running. It's 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 hard to explain. It's just kind of as long as it's instinct is built into you. You know, okay, I, I have the potential here to meet him on the shoulder, and you also know when you're going to meet him head on. Yeah. Guaranteed. You, you can't say as a player that oh, I didn't know. I didn't. It's not the onus is on the player to control himself in such a manner that the tackle is safe. Now the tackle can be hard. It can be arms out up front. You know what I mean? You can stop him, etc. But going in with the shoulder, head into a, man, a man's chin you know, or, or the side of his head, that's no, no. And every player knows this, like, and safety. And it's like, we're, we're not, um, we're not, I suppose, jeopardizing the, 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 the physicality of the game, but like, we're not minimizing the, you know, the, the, the strengths for players to utilize, but it's just, it's all got to do with safety. It's simple as that. And I, I don't think, I actually don't even think it's a topic for discussion. You know, it's, no. it's, you know, what's the point talking about it when we know, we know the, the, the actual aftermath of the events or, of, of what a serious challenge can do or can be so dangerous. Just eradicate it. It's that, it's that simple. Like, just eradicate it. You know? so, and I think the fact that we're talking about it is good and bad. It's bad that we have to talk about it, but it's good now that we're talking about it so it can get action in the future. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think um, there's some questions which I'm going to hold over uh, for next week because we've got one game. So why not keep some questions for next week? And the other thing is the suggestion which came in, Skell, to fix your draft issue, which would be, and this one came in from Pip, says, just regarding the draft picks, each team can only have a player selected from them once per round. So maximum you can lose is three players altogether. So this is a solution to, remember your idea that it could be a case of some of the top teams might get carved entirely over the first few rounds of the draft. Yeah. So across the draft, you can only lose three players altogether and you can only lose one player per draft. So each team can only select one player from another team, i.e. if Westmead pick Kyle Hayes in round one, they can't pick another Limerick player in rounds two or three. Would that help? Oh, that's, that's good, yeah. That's that good. Lot, yeah. I think it's good. I, I think it, it, it puts a restriction on you, which isn't crazy, but also means you have to be a bit creative that you're thinking ahead. If you're, like, say, Antrim or Westmead, they were going to have the first pick in the rounds to go, all right, well, if I am going to pick Galan here, if I am going to pick Lynch, that means he's the only Limerick player I can have. So now I have to have a think about maybe the Kilkenny, Galway, or Cork player that I'm going to pick in the next round. I think that's actually not a bad idea. This is actually hilarious. Like, look, look what we're talking about. I know. We're once yeah. talking about this, right? And it's all yeah. my own fault. So I'm sorry, Liz. It's completely. <laughs> and like two two things like popped into my head there. Like like one was just like you're talking about this as if it's actually going to happen that you're going to ruin people's <laughs> lives. Like it's it's not happening, okay? And plus, yeah. well, if you did this draw like ten times, it'd be different ten times. Ten so. times yeah. And the last thing I was thinking about then is like you're going to be there in absolute turmoil doing this. I'm probably going to just mute myself and eat a bowl of Weetabix or something like that and just intermittently shout abuse at you. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to it all around. I, I was laughing. You, you, you had a comment while ago about RTE, how it's not just for people you know, watching GA, people of other programs. And I just got an image of you watching Room to Improve, chatting with the wife, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and me no, watching Eater to the Ground, something like that. Eater to the Ground, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I said, do you know what I'm actually watching what watch at the moment now? Um, actually, the final of Kin was on last night, which is very good, mm, very good. But 
there's a great program on there about there's a lad sailing around Ireland. I can't think of his name now. It's War- something Warner sailing around Ireland there doing the islands. Great program. Watch that now. It's on Sunday evenings. It's like meditation when you're watching it. Goes what are you watching yeah, while, I, while I check this? Warner sailing around Ireland. I can imagine you're a big David Attenborough man. I love all that. Yeah. yeah I can imagine that, right? Yeah. What you're saying that like as if it's a, a terrible thing, like yeah, the, looking at the Galapagos. That was your inter- that was your interpretation, my friend. Right. <laughs> yeah. Old Warner, uh, to give credit to this show, it is called Ireland's Wild Islands. I'm telling you, watch that. It's absolutely brilliant. Now, concerning your Mr. Gogglebox here, Skell, what are you watching on TV? Uh, so I was the same as Murph. We watched Kim. Um, and then I, I'm a bit of a Netflix headless, I won't lie, but I, I actually love Succession. I'm, I'm through that at the minute. Yeah. That's, that's, that, mm. that is top drawer stuff. Like, um, what did I watch on Netflix recently? I, we watched um, Night Agent. Mm, poor enough. Then there was one, the... Um, oh, not the fuck your one. Watch it. it was a good program. <laughs> diplomat, very helpful. Very helpful. <laughs> diplomat, yeah. yeah. Oh fuck! Yeah. What's your one? Oh, on Netflix. Yeah, I yeah. that program. Yeah. <laughs> diplomat, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was a good program. I had a brain freeze there for the moment. Sorry. You recovered well. Yeah, I'm on the succession buzz as well. And someone else I watched, which is totally out of nowhere, wasn't feeling too well on Friday. I binged all of Instant Hotel in one go on Netflix, which is an Australian program from a few years ago. People may well have seen it. It just popped up on Netflix at the weekend and I watched it in one go. I always love a series where it's a reality show where people can shit on each other as part of the voting and so on. So it just adds that extra bit of drama. So you go to, they obviously weren't allowed to call it Airbnb, which is what it is. So they call it Instant Hotel. So what you have to do is you're four couples per round you go to everyone else's house and so they pick some they pick all the cities across australia so it's something slightly different mm. you go and you judge them on four different categories and then they come and judge your house but you also get judged as a person who has stayed at the hotel as well and you can lose okay. points for being a bad guest Interesting. Right. Would yeah, you just no, roll a dice on something now, Will? Like if you just saw that something was there. A com- that was a complete roll of dice. It I was one of those three. Now, yeah. You know where like you open Netflix and it was yeah. either new to Netflix or recommended on Netflix. You know where you've got that top bar? Yeah. I literally went, hmm, this looks interesting. Clicked it and watched. <laughs> and ended up watching about seven or eight episodes one after another. So that was my Friday evening. I actually have to, I have to put work into this. Like if I'm going to pick a program, I have to wait for someone else to watch it. Then I ask them, and then I go look at it. Then I look, read, read reviews. I go way too fuck. It took me not <laughs> took me, three weeks, right, to, to decide to watch the yeah. <laughs> So realistically, you're actually probably a very good candidate for Gogglebox. Then that you had to just sit down and watch stuff that you mightn't have ever picked, which is oh, actually yeah. probably a good thing. Mm. Yeah, like, the casting of Gogglebox, right? On the first episode or two, I was you might you might laugh this morph. I was quite reserved, right? Well, one might even say refined. Okay, I was afraid. Of, I was kind of nervous about what I should say. Then, in like episode three or four, I said, "Fuck this! I can't hack this shit anymore. I have to say exactly what comes to my head." Yeah, but uh, yeah, that got a fair reaction too. I, I remember I, I was living with Connor Fogarty at the time when we saw we turned on Gogglebox one day. We didn't know you were on it, and we didn't know you either. To be honest, like I didn't know you until we started doing this. But I remember coming on going. James Gell on Gogglebox here. <laughs> and then we based everything we thought about you off your performance on Gogglebox then, whether you were an absolute gobshite or whether you were sound or whatever it was. Well, I'm so, 110%, haven't I? <laughs> I won't say. <laughs> I'm not a gobshite anyway. Like. Ah, you're not, you're not, you're not. <laughs> I'm a yeah. 
Well, gentlemen, oh. it's my pleasure. I'll let you back whenever you want to watch this week. Uh, we're all going to be sitting down to watch Clare and Waterford this weekend, uh, perhaps more importantly, uh, the one game at the weekend for this week. Uh, thanks so many for everyone who has been watching on YouTube. We will go back to live, I think, in two weeks' time when we've got that weekend where all the hurling is on the TV, and that might be the ideal time to go back to a live format. Uh, so we'll be back with you next Monday for a review of that. Any of the questions we didn't get through to the Instagram, it was really busy today, we'll hold them over. Um, some of them including uh, pick a combined team between the Great Kilkenny team and the current Limerick team. Um, I know, again, they're going to be huge fodder for Skell to try and get his notebook out. So I'll give him time to be ready for that one and we'll have Do a look at it. Or not? Hmm. See, there you go. Um, I said, uh, the funny thing is, I look back, right? And obviously, I got to know Murph last year with this pod. <laughs> I had Murph in my team of the decade from the 2010 2019 gone through. Fair play. You, you didn't make a scale, unfortunately. Well, Murphy was in gold. <laughs> Hard to hard to <laughs> <spot>. <laughs> <laughs> um, If you enjoyed the pod and you've been watching along, uh, leave us a like, leave us a comment. Last week was was crazy. I think it's probably the most views we've ever had, somewhere in the 15,000 range on the YouTube, over uh, 200 likes on it as well. So we've been kind of growing episode and episode, both in terms of the audio pod and also the video. So if you can keep that going, that'd be great. Lads, see you next week. Sound lads. See you, OTB's The Hurling Pod. With Gord Gosh Energy. Hurling. It's anyone's game. <laughs>